Hey everybody, welcome back to the Depths of Music podcast. My name is Nick, and today we are talking about the 10th studio album by Kanye West titled Donda. Now, Kanye is a man that his reputation kind of precedes him. Uh, there's a lot that led up to this record. I mean, we got three listening parties. We got the reignition of the, his beef with Drake. We got a lot more controversy that I'm actually going to address in proper during the review uh, with like Marilyn Manson and DaBaby. There's a lot that went on, a lot of headlines made over the course of the rollout of Donda. And I, uh, for reference, I kept some notes uh, as the album was getting ready to drop because I initially anticipated dropping this review when Donda was originally planned to come out after the first listening party. And as my notes around each moment of the Donda release cycle from the first listening party of the second to Kanye literally posting Joker memes in a group chat and dropping Drake's address. Um, my, my mind just goes into a more fugue state, and to be honest, it took me a long time to believe until I actually heard it that this record was even going to be real, much less that it would be like literally... An almost a whole hour longer than any of the listening parties had been. Uh, and that's because Kanye chose to, in, chose to include, or maybe his label chose to, but Kanye essentially chose to include everything on this record. Every take, uh, or alternate version that we got, all that kind of stuff. So Donda is a meaty record. There's a lot to get into here. And obviously when Kanye drops, it's a huge moment. He's got a lot of collaborators on this thing, so... All guns are really firing for this 10th studio effort from Kanye, and that's a good sign because, honestly, I thought Jesus is King was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, Kanye's last record came out a few years back. It's, like, less than a half hour long around, and it's a Christian rap album, which, in a way, Donda is too. But it's Kanye's first real embrace of Christian rap, gospel rap, whatever you want to call it. And honestly, you know, I didn't count it out immediately because it was Christian rap. Uh, I wanted to give Kanye a chance because honestly, Kanye's older works prove that he can actually pull this off. I mean, we've all heard Jesus Walks. We've all heard his soul and gospel-based production in the past. We heard the Sunday service choir go off in those live performances. So there is real potential that was put behind Jesus is King. But when you're spitting bars like Closed on Sunday, You're My Chick-fil-A... All that kind of goes out the window. And to be honest, Kanye's embrace of Christianity had a lot of people really questioning like the validity and how genuine he felt about Christianity. And by doing that, he kind of dilutes the message of that already pretty short record. There's just not a whole lot of great moments on the thing. So donda being this long and us hearing it in listening parties you know a lot of people were really hoping that this would be the follow-up that we really wanted or the version of jesus is king we really wanted and in a way i think it is there's still no swearing on this record uh the only exception is in jesus is king there was intentionally no swearing on the verses there is swearing here but it's all censored and also there's a lot of talk about God, there's a lot of godly metaphors and godly references, and I think they go over a little bit better. Even though like not every track's central theme is God, not every track is like, praise God, love God, There you get a lot of that on this record, but there's also a lot more that's just openly, blatantly talking about personal things going on with Kanye, 
or just things going on in Kanye's life instead of just like spending the whole time talking about God when you're secretly just kind of wanting to talk about yourself like he does on Jesus is King. It feels a lot more genuine this time around and also it helps that the production is killer and some of these songs are really great but Donda is almost two hours long so really I think we should just jump straight into it with the first track which is called the Donda Chant. Now like a lot of albums it doesn't really open with a real song. What we get is just somebody saying Donda over and over and over and over again. To those of you who may not know, Donda is Kanye West's mother. She passed away around 2007, right after the release of Graduation, uh, because of a failed surgery. It was it was a botched surgery, and she didn't make it. It is a moment that fundamentally changed Kanye as a person. The tr- the the path that Kanye goes down with. His mother alive versus the one he would he goes on without her is fundamentally different. We get 808s and Heartbreaks, which is such a different album from the rest of his discography, especially at the time. And as much as I love that album, the tragedy really kind of can be seen as like the beginning of the down spiral for Kanye, uh, mentally. And focusing on Donda this many years later still makes sense it's very clear that she was one of if not the most important support that he had in his entire life and you can tell now as Kanye has gone through so much you know he's gone through the Trump stuff he's gone through the presidential race stuff he's gone through the divorce now with Kim that these kind of happy memories with his mother might be something he's still kind of lingering on to. So this first track, we get somebody repeating Donda over and over again. It's exactly 58 times, which is a reference to how many years she was alive. She passed at the age of 58. And the rhythm is the rhythm of her final heartbeats, which is extremely harrowing to think about and really kind of a tragic way to open this record. It, it kind of melds with the tone of the record because in all this record is pretty dark, but it's not like dark every single moment, right? Like it has a pretty consistent tone with the production choices, with some of the lyrics, but it's not like completely just riding this one tone for all hour 44, whatever this is. The first real track is Jail, and honestly, this is probably my favorite song in the album. I'm just going to be straight up with you. Uh, the blown-out chords and guitar in the background feel like that Yeezus production. It's industrial, it's intense, it's booming, it's great, and I, like, I'm such a sucker for rappers on electronic guitars. I don't know why I call them electronic guitars instead of electric guitars, but like that, that literally never gets old to me. The uh, hook is also fantastic. The choir... All over this album, here included, is great. I mean, the Sunday Service Choir. Uh, you know, obviously Kanye had the lawsuit with them for them uh, claiming that he was mistreating them, which I really hope is not true. Uh, but they, regardless, are extremely good on this record. Like, they're they're the best part of Jesus is King, and they are just as good here. It's just that, well, they're over a lot better songs this time around. Uh, and this opening verse from Kanye gives us actually a pretty good starting point of where we're going to be for the rest of the record the lyrics here kind of show how he's in a tumultuous place his christian identity is shaken his marriage is broken he's struggling to find himself now that kim is gone 
all this stuff is going on. I mean, COVID, everything that's been going on in the past year. Kanye was, you know, we, we had a feeling Kanye was going to address the divorce on this record. And I think setting the stage with kind of this turmoil and this mental picture of Kanye gives us a good glimpse of how the rest of this record and the themes are going to unfold. Our first guest rapper is um, Jay-Z, which, way to start off with a bang. Um, Jay-Z's guest verse is, like, one of the big moments. Uh, at the first listening party, I believe this was the last track that was played with the Jay-Z feature. And this was one of the biggest moments because, obviously, Jay-Z and Kanye have such a long history. Jay-Z was the first person to discover Kanye. He started off by producing for Jay-Z's album The Blueprint before going on to his own they've collaborated so many times and actually did a whole full album together uh called watch the throne back in like 2011 but recently they kind of had a falling out and jay-z's first verse here with kanye is the first time we've seen them on good terms since that fallout it came completely out of the blue uh jay-z starts it by addressing the verse to donda saying he's gonna keep an eye on her son and he wants her to know that Yay is going to be okay in his hands. And Jay also kind of digs in a little bit to Kanye. He tells him to stop all that red cap and that we're going home. Talking about uh, the whole, obviously, the Make America Great Again hat that Kanye was wearing when he was uh, riding pretty hard supporting President Donald Trump and a lot of his allies. Uh, and honestly, no one's ever really sure if like Kanye really was on Donald Trump's politics or if he just liked him because he thought he saw himself in Kanye, uh, considering, you know, he did try to run for president against him in 2020. And he kind of has dropped all those uh, associations. You know, Kanye endorsed Trump, but we haven't really seen him, like, show a lot of really big, like, right-wing political tendencies since then. So everyone was a little shaky about that. And honestly, no matter how you feel about Trump and that whole presidency and that whole movement... Um, Kanye's embrace of him did feel really sudden, and you can tell that Jay is just a genuinely caring friend, and he was like, dude, I don't think you're embracing this because you genuinely believe in it, I'm actually worried about you and I want you to get help. And that's, that's really, you know, it's kind of humanizing for someone as, like, big as Jay-Z to be just genuinely watching out for a friend. Um... And for the rest of their, for the rest of Jay-Z's verse, it's good to hear him talk about, you know, his friendship with Kanye after all these times, including, especially after the first listening party when somebody uh, shouted, watch the throne too, after Jay-Z's verse was finished. Um, it gives me a lot of hope because these two have incredible chemistry on the mic. I love watch the throne. I think it's an extremely underrated moment in Kanye's discography and Jay-Z's discography for that matter. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this and the way that this track sounded, the way they played off each other, the production, the hook, all of this was just done like flawlessly. It's such a great track, huge highlight. Uh, and we get a cool little instrumental change in the uh, last few seconds before we go into the next track. Now we get similar intense production on God Breathed. Uh, the song's essentially... Wes telling uh, the listener to let God in their life and he'll have him help them with their problems. It's a very, you know, kind of spiritual message, but it comes off a little more, like I said, a lot of the spiritual stuff, maybe it's just because of kind of how he acts on this record or certain 
things, but everything on this record, when Kanye talks about God, feels a little more genuine to me than it did on Jesus is King. Maybe it's because we've got time. I don't know what it is, but Kanye really, you know, can t- you can tell that Kanye really does believe in God and he wants to hope that God can heal him. Uh, and he's encouraging the listener to do the same. Uh, and I, I like uh, Featured R's Vori. I like his verse a lot. Uh, he sticks pretty well to the theme, so it's a solid vo- verse. And the medieval kind of sounding choir with the dark bass at the end give kind of like a gothic choir feel to this track. Despite it's kind of po- it's got this positive message, but it's kind of got this darker instrumental underneath it. Lyrically and flow wise, it's not one of my favorites, but I, but the instrumental work is like killer here there's a lot of layers to this production and you can tell very early that production wise this album is like firing on all cylinders when kanye like really gets in the producer mindset and he really does it he can make some magic happen and this gets you sucked into the atmosphere and entranced in the music so early on off the grid is Kanye's take on New York drill music, which is a style of hip hop that has kind of arisen in the past few years. I mean, when people think of drill, a lot of people are going to think of the late great Pop Smoke. But um, drill is a very popular style of hip hop, and Off the Grid is kind of Kanye's first take of it. And honestly, I think it goes over pretty well. The hook is handled by Playboy Boy Cardi, which we're going to see a few times on this record. Uh, and he does a pretty good job. Uh, first off, the instrumental is great for a drill beat. Uh, I actually like a lot of the drill beats I've heard, although I'm not really that entrenched in the genre. Um, I love the bass hits. I love the eagle screech noise and the slapping drums. Kanye and guest rapper Fabio Foreign deliver particularly great verses. Uh, I love how Fabio details like his rise out of prison and what he's doing now. It really kind of matches well with the theme and it does a really good job of showing Fabio's storytelling ability. Uh, Kanye also delivers a good verse. He talks about his recent struggles with his public image and how God will help him rise into the, you know, into a happier place, into a better place. It's it's messed up by a few kind of weaker line is like the whole messy line at the end but off the grid still is a bit of a stylistic swap that we haven't really seen kanye do but honestly i mean kanye drums jump styles so often it's it's not really that surprising but it's it's a different style for kanye and the combination between him and favio are really great uh and this makes it another great highlight on the record i mean for so far this record is like three of three like really well the next song in the record is hurricane and it's probably one of the most like storied history wise on this record uh because originally this was a preview track for the scrapped album yandi uh which was pretty much leaked in its entirety on the internet and then it was taken down by kanye and his team then the album was completely scrapped in favor for jesus is king so honestly a lot of people did not think we were ever actually going to hear hurricane in the official version it went through a variety of changes before the actual feature wound up on Lil Baby. And Lil Baby's verse is solid. Uh, the hook is handled by The Weeknd, which is easily, in my opinion, the best part of the track. Uh, I like After Hours enough. Uh, I thought The Weeknd has been kind of on a hit streak recently, so his voice and the way that he kind of angelically sings really fits the tone of the record. And overall are just 
pretty great. Um, I love the way that the production changes around Abel's voice coming in and out, and the co- the choir kind of compliments around him. Kanye's voice is pretty solid at the beginning. Uh, it it starts a little shaky with that beginning. Uh, I, I wasn't really, it, it took me a while to be like, oh, okay, Kanye, where are we going? And then he picks up, it's like, okay, cool, we're good. And there's there's some interesting lines here that give us a glimpse into Kanye's life at the moment, how he's he's pretty back out now, now that he's no longer married, he's out, he's getting girls, because, you know, he's like one of the most famous rappers in the world. Uh, and how he's trying to manage being a father. It's a, it's a pretty good track overall. I know that a lot of people probably are a lot higher on this particular cut than I am, but... Hurricane is a good track. It's not one of my favorites, but it's a pretty good track. Praise God is next up, and it's a fascinating track considering that Donda herself features on the song. Now, I'm not entirely sure where these... We hear Donda a few times, I think twice on the record, uh, in spoken word bits, and I'm not entirely sure where they come from. Obviously, they're old recordings, but I don't exactly know like what point in her life or what exactly the original context is. But uh, her speech provides a foundation for the rest of the track to build off of. We get a short verse from Travis Scott, which uh, personally, when it comes to like trap rappers, tra- Travis Scott is in my like S tier. He's given all of his like wonderful ad libs, like his it's lits and whatever that like I-, I love Travis Scott's ad libs. And his verse runs really well, nicely into Kanye's. The theme of rising from the darkness into God's light is pretty carried consistently throughout the track the longest verse is handled by baby keem and it's kind of hit or miss for here for me the baby voice thing he does i know it's like a trend to do a lot of rappers do playboy Cardi does it but i i really have just never really cared for it so it's not that great but once he drops it and really gets into the flow it's it's much better his imagery is vivid it's it's a really solid verse. It's just that that stylistic choice at the beginning. I see why people like that, but that just doesn't do it for me. But overall, Praise God is another really good track. Uh, Jonah is much more of a minimalist and ambient production. And we're going to see that a lot on this record. Very spacey, kind of darker production. But this one, unlike something like Jail, is dark in a way that's not like blasted. It's kind of just in the background. Most of the melodic aspects of the tracks are handled by Vori again, who delivers a really great opening verse. It sets a more somber tone with the tribute to his fallen friend, the victims of neighborhoods, violence that he grew up in. Vori's sing rapping does a good job to convey a lot of the emotion of what he's saying. It's, 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 it's a tragic story, and he does a really good job of making you feel it that early. Uh, Lil Durk also gives a really good emotional verse about the death of his brother and how it still impacts him today. He even starts by comparing them to Jay-Z and Kanye, but how they never made it to billionaire status because he was taken too soon. It's a really touching verse, and along with the hook, it leans more into the healing power of God that, you know, God can heal you from your tragedies in a way that we haven't really touched on in this album yet. So Jonah's another really good song. I think like emotionally, this is a pretty hard hitting moment on that or on the record. Okay. Okay. Is the next song. It starts with these kind of warbly little strings and Kanye's opening verse melody is pretty great. His singing is actually like, I, I like listening back to 808s and the auto tune on that, which yes was stylistic, but, um, 
listening to Kanye singing then and listening to it now is very different. I think he doesn't really get the credit for how much he's improved over the years. Okay, Okay's theme is betrayal and how Kanye and company have been stabbed in the back by too many former friends, but in the end, they'll be okay. Uh, Lil Yachty delivers the second verse, which, to be honest, I haven't really thought about Lil Yachty in a while, and this verse kind of proves why. It's a pretty bland verse that fails to leave an impression compared to most of the other guest verses. Ruga's third verse, if I pronounce that name correctly, uh, picks things up luckily with a nice flow and some solid lyrics. Okay, okay, it's a pretty cool song, uh, great hook, very earwormy, but uh, besides for that, not too much more about to say about that. Uh, next up is Junior. Uh, Junior is a more of a standard braggadocio track. It's named after Junior Watanabe, an acclaimed Japanese fashion designer. Uh, it's the second appearance of Playgirl Boy Cardi, and the bass-boosted production works relatively well for me. I just don't think Kanye's first verse is that good. Cardi picks things up a bit with his contribution on the second verse. He's got a catchy opening flow and some decent lines. Uh, and the ending bars of Kanye's last verse kind of feel like a shot of Drake, but I, I feel like, you know, that comes in no surprise at this point. Overall, this track, you know, Cardi, Cardi does do a good bit to pick things up, but it just never really gets there on this one believe what i say starts with a lauren hale sample uh which is incorporated and mixed very well into the beat i actually really like the way he does it uh kanye delivers a solid verse about the pressures of being in a high profile celebrity family like the kardashians and going through this divorce and this public affair it's a little bit of a cluttered verse considering how he kind of jumps topics but the heartbreak focus of the song is a little more clear in the spoken word bit that closes out the track. The next song, 24, uh, starts with some of the most epic vocals on the entire record. I mean, the choir here is incredible, and the minimalist production works very well, considering that Kanye really does a lot with his voice to carry this opening melody. When Kanye uh, breaks into the whole chant of, I know you're alive and God's not finished, and his singing voice starts to break it. It really works well. The heavy breathing makes it feel like he's frantically like panting out and screaming his beliefs. And it's this uplifting, inspiring song built by the Sunday Service Choir. It feels like a really just passionate and emotional dive into Kanye's belief. And just the production and everything, it's just, it's a great song. It's another really big highlight on this. Uh, Remote Control is another decent enough song on the record. I like the electronic vo- vocals before Young Thug's verse, and Thug's, Thug's verse is decent enough. It also is the song that actually features the real-life sample of the uh, Gob Golob Glob. I don't even know if I pronounce that right. I don't think anyone can pronounce that right. Uh, and it's stuck right on the end of the record. It makes just as little sense as you think it does, but it, I'm not going to lie, it got a chuckle out of me. So I really can't complain that much. Remote control is not my favorite. It's okay. Uh, kind of skippable. But, you know, I, I will say, though, I, I have had that that hook stuck in my head a few times. So I guess you got to give it that. Uh, Moon is another fantastic track on here uh, featuring Don Tolliver and the man on the moon himself, Kid Cudi. Don's vocals and opening verse are so fantastic. He's got great range in his voice all over the song, and the three of them all have great charisma. 
Uh, the light guitar work in the background also really works as well. Cuddy does great on his melodic verse. The singing is pretty great, and I like the lyrics and the message about carrying all, carrying on. Cuddy and West have always been great on collaborations. I mean, Kid Sees Ghost is a record that speaks for itself, and all of their crossovers on things like 808s and all of Cuddy's solo work are just always great. And honestly, I think out of all the Kanye West protégés, Kid Cudi, I think, is one of the most artistically successful. Uh, his Man on the Moon records are so incredibly good. But that's that's enough about me uh, talking about how much I like Kid Cudi. But uh, obviously, uh, this is a huge highlight on this album. Uh, melodically, lyrically, I think this thing is great. Another great highlight. Uh, Heaven and Hell is the next song that has nothing to do with the Black Sabbath album we reviewed a few weeks ago. Uh, it samples the song Heaven and Hell is on Earth by 20th Century Steel Band. And notice, noticeably, this is the same sample as the 2002 hit Jenny on the Block. So, it's an interesting little tidbit. Kanye's verse f- builds well with the production and the beat fades out and comes back in in a way that's really grand. The outro is also really good. It's another really great song in the record. Next up is the title track, Donda. We get Kanye harmonizing in a kind of 808s and heartbreak style way. The dramatic piano chords complement the music really well. We get an excerpt from Donda West herself again on this record. She talks about Kanye and his accomplishments in a really kind of heartwarming way. Uh, After this, the gospel chant slams back in with her screaming, Is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and before we fade back into the dark piano beat it's it's so great like the way that kanye builds to these giant explosive moments on this record like get me every single time the track really doesn't have a whole lot in the way of lyrics but still manages to be one of the most heartfelt on the record just because of the passionate singing we get from the sunday service choir and just hearing the way that Donda lovingly spoke about her son and how Kanye is using that message asking if she's going to be in the kingdom of God forever so that they'll meet there once again. It's another great highlight on the record. Keep My Spirit Alive talks about maintaining faith in God despite all the hardships. We get the chorus in the first verse from Casey. Uh, I don't love his performance here. West Side Gun brings it up pretty well in the second verse, and same with Kanye on the third. With Kanye on the third verse, we also get a little bit of Royce to 5'9", which honestly, I feel like Royce could have gotten a lot more time on the record. I actually think he's great in guest rapper's positions. I mean, he's great on Bad Meets Evil. Uh, Most people know him through his collaborations with Eminem, and honestly, I think he's really really good rapper so i'm a little disappointed that he was rendered to such a small role on donda Uh, but overall it's an all right song jesus lord is one heck of a song it's over eight minutes and the production is relatively simple throughout the track but if this isn't one of west's best verses on the entire album i don't know what is it's long but west really dives into his storytelling prowess Take the listener through a list of people Kanye think need Jesus. And I'm not saying that in like a condescending way. He's really genuinely talking about people he thinks deserve the 
love of Jesus. He talks mostly of the first verse about his mother and how he hopes she's happy up there in the kingdom of God and that everything's going well and that one day he'll finally be able to meet her up there and enjoy the glory of heaven together. He tells the stories of a broken family with a teen mom, they're poor, and a boy seeing bloody revenge and how they must all be saved through Christ. J. Electronica carries the next verse which is also great he talks a little bit more broadly about events in the world he feels need to be fixed instead of like specific stories jay has a conveying flow and sticks to the theme well he diverges a little bit uh considering how he zooms out a little bit but it's still pretty good and the track ends with a really long phone call from larry hoover jr uh he's thanking kanye for using his fame to speak directly to then-president Donald Trump to free his father, Larry Hooper Sr. Uh, this was kind of something that Kim, I know Kim Kardashian was involved with this, going directly to the Oval Office to speak with Donald Trump about pardoning this specific man. And he gives this very long call, very heartfelt call, about how much this means to him and how he promises that his father is going to live a great life and he's going to be redeemed and all of that honestly as as heartfelt as it is it's a little weird for kanye to spend two minutes of an eight minute track which is kind of playing a thank you message to himself but it, it does a really good job of conveying our themes and how you know we talk about redeeming through jesus and you even get this in the phone call where he's talking about how his father obviously won't do anything bad again and how he is a changed man. Uh, regardless, this track, instrumentally and thematically, is another highlight on the record. Uh, New Again is the next song that Kanye opens with one of his most ridiculous lyrics. Uh, I like the beat on its own, like in isolation. I just don't think Kanye's vocals go very well with it. Kanye works with Chris Brown on the track, who is kind of a non-presence here, which is probably good because, I mean, it's Chris Brown, and this is not the last time we're going to talk about controversial people that Kanye is working with, and we'll, we'll get into more of that later. But the track talks about how Kanye hopes God will continue to make him new again and free him from his sins. Uh, it's a solid enough track, and obviously the Sunday Service Choir is always fantastic, but not super memorable tell the vision starts with an ominous piano beat and a posthumous uh verse from the late pop smoke uh actually smoke handles all the verses here making feel kind of out of place in a kanye album i think this was i believe this was actually on the newest pop smoke posthumous record and you know, I, I get that, you know, Kanye handled a lot of the production here, so I get why he gets a credit in this, but, I mean, he's literally not on the song at all, so it feels really weird to put this on Donda, considering, lyrically, this has, like, nothing to do with anything else on it, so it just kind of feels lazy. Uh, the song's on its own is fine, it's just a little short, and obviously it's a posthumous cut, so Pop Smoke's performance isn't, like, career-defining here. Uh, it just it just doesn't fit here. I think it's a fine song in isolation, but it's just brought down a little bit by being on this record where it, it very clearly, in my opinion, just doesn't belong. Lord, I Need You is 
not really about needing the Lord, to be honest. It's about needing Kim Kardashian. Uh, Kanye is reflecting on the good times he and Kim used to have and how he's struggled with the freedom uh, without being with her. Uh, it's an interesting introspection on how Kanye feels specifically about the divorce. We got references to it here and there, but this is like the main track that's like really dedicated to it. Uh, the lyrics are good. They're just maybe a little unintentionally revealing on Kanye's behalf. Uh, I mean, he says, how are you going to say it isn't always about me? I don't know what I'd do without me. Like, that's that, that's a lyric that kind of shows, okay, maybe Kanye might be a little self-centered in the relationship. So it kind of starts to, in a way, give us a, a surprisingly honest view of Kim and Kanye's relationship, from my perspective, just because Kanye can intentionally, sometimes be unintentionally revealing about the things he says in his music and how they might reveal more about him as a person than he maybe intended. Um, but he's dropping some really interesting lines, uh, talking about how much richer Kim grew up than him and how that made him insecure, and he's still dedicated to helping their children find the light of God. It's a particularly nice note at the end. Uh, despite the godly chorus, like a lot on this album, Kanye's still kind of focusing on himself, but like lyrically and the way this thematically answers a lot of questions people had going into the record, I think it's a good track. You know, some flaws that he had in the relationship. And it's, it's a very honest, it's a very honest song. And obviously at the end of the third listening party, we saw Kim Kardashian come out in a wedding gown. So what Kanye and Kim's relationship at the moment is, literally nobody knows but Kanye and Kim. So I'm not going to spend too much time speculating on that. Uh, Pure Souls is the first ever collaboration between Roddy Rich and Kanye West. And actually, I like Roddy's hook a lot and the, his contribution to the track. Kanye gives a solid enough verse. I found this... I found his line about how he could give every person on earth a dollar and how that was God's plan, uh, a little weird it's like yeah i'm rich because because that was god's plan because god just likes me and thinks i should be rich it, it's, it's a little weird but it, it is kind of a christian explanation for the insane amount of wealth he has uh some people kind of also saw it as a dig at drake because you know god's plan was the huge drake song uh so it's kind of worth taking note of uh shania uh this is her second appearance on the record and she gives a really good outro performance on the record uh, for this song, uh, really good overall. Come to Life is an emotional ballad, also directed at Kim. Uh, he talks about how he misses her and hates being alone, and some of these lines uh, hit especially hard. Kanye w jotted her ideas down in pencil, but he should have taken them in pen, and how he should have focused on her more. The piano is absolutely fantastic here, and it in adds so much emotion to the track uh the distorted chords the kick in at the end are also great it's a painfully emotional moment for kanye on the album but i think it really shines as one of his best moments here it's it's not as much pretending to like sometimes kanye in these last two records i've obviously touched on this a bunch already but how he'll, he'll put this veneer of christianity over something that's really just kind of about his personal life and it kind of comes off as kind of two-faced but i like when he just he just says what he's thinking on this on this track and it and it goes over really well uh no child left behind is 
kind of the closer. This is the last real original song on the record. Um, you'll see why I say that in a minute. Uh, it's one of the most well-known tracks on the album uh, because this was the, like one of the main teasers. Uh, it was due to its use in a Nike commercial with popular track star Shikari Richardson, who was banned for the Olympic Games in 2021 for testing positive for marijuana in her system. Uh, many of the internet and many people around the world felt the decision to penalize her was racially motivated, considering that others have gone away with far worse. Uh, but using her uh, for this commercial felt like an interesting choice on Kanye's part. And the production on this song is really fantastic. Vori, again, is great here, and West singing feels properly angelic. Uh, it feels a weird kind of end near the record, honestly. It feels like it could have been a bit longer, but I still enjoyed it. Maybe it's because he played this kind of early in some of the listening parties, but I, I felt like this could have been a little bit earlier in the track listing. This would have served kind of better as an opening than almost like a closing so i said that was the last like real new song because next up is jail part two uh jail part two is the first of the final four tracks on this album which are part twos of this album it's essentially the same song we heard at the beginning of the record except there's like a different feature or some different things the biggest difference uh, on jail part two is instead of jay-z we have the baby and we have additional vocals from Marilyn manson on the, on the chorus uh, both of these people were in person at Kanye's um, third listening party when he debuted this version. Uh, and both of these artists, you know, you can tell intentionally, uh, based on the Kanye choice here, have been very hot water recently. Uh, so hot water, the label originally did not want to release it when they put out Donda. Apparently without Kanye's consent, they just dropped it without Jail Part 2 and shortly added it thereafter. Uh, Manson's allegations, first off, are truly horrifying. The, I mean, you can do the research, but the way he treated his romantic partners and the abuse they suffered is incredibly sickening. And the stench of that abuse, like when he's singing the lyrics, guess who's going to jail tonight? Yes, Mr. Manson, if what they're saying, if these accusations are true, I hope you are going to jail. Um... It's a really dark, kind of unintentionally kind of, I don't know, it just it just gives the record this whole kind of bad vibe. And, you know, I like to try to separate art from the artist because we all know, I've been talking about Kanye for however long now, and we all know he's not a perfect person um, and he's got a lot going on. But I try to uh, judge art objectively, but you can tell based on, the the feature choices here and the fact that he was originally going to invite out Donald Trump during the playing of the song during the third listening party that Kanye is specifically going to say like oh these people can be redeemed through Jesus even though none of these people especially like Manson specifically has not apologized to the people they have actually harmed so it's it's a really it's not a great move, and Kanye did catch a lot of flack for this, I think justifiably so. But Manson's uh, contributions are pretty minimal. He just kind of sings uh, with Kanye, and the, the presence of his rock vocals, I think out of all the tracks, this is the one it would fit the best on, especially with the blast-out guitars. Uh, so I actually like... On a pure musical level, I don't mind Manson's vocals that much. It just, you you can't, I just can't separate it 
from the man, you know, and it, it just it, it's it's just it just feels bad. And whatever small inclusion he has is, you know, I don't feel like he really it really the inclusion he has doesn't really feel like it justifies uh, just the controversy of including him. And you know that's why Kanye actually put him on the record. Uh, continuing on the controversy train, uh, DeBaby gives a lengthy. Um, as verse, he starts it by addressing the source of his controversy. So DeBaby made homophobic comments about the LGBTQ plus community uh, regarding the stereotype of HIV and AIDS at his performance during the Lo- Rolling Loud Festival in Miami earlier this year. He also brought out fellow rapper Tory Lanez on stage during his show. And, you know, while bringing out guest rappers, something every rapper does uh DeBaby's show was directly after Megan the Stallions uh the woman Tory Lanez is accused of shooting in the foot so regardless it was kind of a bad look to just bring out the dude that shot the performer from like the last set and kind of in close proximity to her that's not really a good move and obviously this got him blacklisted by a lot of the industry he was dropped from a bunch of festivals and he essentially kind of spends this verse talking about that cancellation and how he, he does kind of guilt trip a little bit where he talks about like, oh, the money you're taking from me is the money that puts food on the table for my daughters. But like, and he also immediately goes into like, yeah, I don't really care though. I'm going to be okay. So it's a little bit kind of a mixed message there. Um, he talks about how he'll rise again despite the hate. Honestly, I think, like, in the grand scheme of DeBaby versus, it's actually pretty good, considering DeBaby kind of, the joke is DeBaby has the same flow, um, and I think the, the kind of switch-ups he does along this verse actually make it a pretty compelling listen. Uh, it's just, obviously, this is not as big as, like, Jay-Z's, um, and obviously, I feel like DeBaby, you can more objectively enjoy his verse because i'm not trying to like compare bad things that people have done but like DeBaby is trying to like DeBaby did put out a really forced apology after the whole incident and as bad as the things are many people have not couldn't even like i can't even fathom the idea of doing something worse than manson's done so after marilyn manson comes on the track DeBaby almost seems like you know, a little, he almost seems a lot, like, better in comparison, but, but still, you still are spending the whole verse thinking about how Kanye just kind of was like, I'm just gonna put these two people that are in hot water on the track, just, just cause, cause, oh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's kind of a bad look, it, it still kind of rubs me the wrong way, and also, the original Jail is, like, my favorite song in the record, uh, so, there's, this, this version's not improving it, so, really not really that necessary uh okay okay part two i actually think is an improvement over the re of the, over the original the only change is replacing Lil yadi with singer singer shania uh who sings in kind of more of like a jamaican accent i believe that's where she's from i'm sorry once again if i'm wrong uh and obviously her accent makes it a little challenging for uncultured americans like me to understand what she's saying but uh lyrics Reading to the lyrics, she really does stick to the theme of betrayal much better than Yachty does. Plus, her singing is incredibly smooth and catchy, and it fits great on the choruses in the verse. Uh, I definitely prefer this version. Junior, uh, part two, I also think is an, an improvement over the original. Ty Dollar Sign delivers the best verse on the track. Uh, 
at the expense of some of Kanye's verse. So taking off some of Kanye's verse for the Ty Dollar Sign verse, I think is a totally fair trade. Uh, and on our final track, Jesus is Lord 2 is the longest song in the album. It's actually longer than the original. It's like 10 minutes. Kanye's and Jay Electronica's verse are the same uh, and so is the recorded phone call at the end of the track. The only thing is we get new verses from Jadakiss, Styles P, and Sleek Louch. Louch is my least favorite verse of the three, followed by Styles P and Jadakiss in that order. They're all pretty decent and not that focused, but I still enjoy them a good bit. The flows are good, there's some good punchlines in there. Uh, however, I think the track is already quite lengthy. I mean, it's already eight minutes before you add another three verses, so now you're sitting through like five verses and a two and a half minute phone call it's pretty decent but it, it's it's quite a it's quite a bit so that's the end of donda and multiple weeks three listening parties drake beat a seven thousand ish word script that i didn't even record the whole thing because i didn't even know how to make this thing work i've done more takes of this podcast episode than i think i've done of any before after all of this where are we? What's my verdict on Donda? Well, honestly, it's pretty decent. We've come a long way from listening party one, but the album still isn't perfect. There's some really great standout moments here, yes, but in an hour and 44 minutes, I feel like a lot of this record isn't perfect. This isn't like a flawless hour and 44 minutes, which, I mean, like literally no one can do that. Um, uh, lyrically, I think it's okay. Uh, his embrace of Christian ideals still feels a little pull on but put on but once again it's much better than jesus is king the production on the entire album is immaculate all these dark and spacey beats work so well for the themes that we're going for on the record and honestly if you pick a few of the tracks out of this i think there are some genuine kanye highlights like of all time on this thing as donda stands it's good i wouldn't call it great but it's really good I think there's a lot to love here, but just as much that I think will kind of fade soon after. I could see Kanye fans loving this. I could see people that are Kanye haters hating this. There's a lot to dissect with this album. And I think at the end of the day, despite how frustrating it was trying to like get a review together for this thing with all the delays and whatnot and all the listening parties and whatnot and trying to listen to all that, um, I think Donda was actually worth the wait. There's a lot that really shines. When Donda is great, it's immaculate. But when Donda's in its worst moments, it's a little more forgettable. But honestly, Donda doesn't like ever openly suck in the way that like Jesus is King does. So honestly, I left this project pretty happy and excited for the future of what Kanye's got. Rumors are flying around all over the place. Music is moving a thousand miles a minute at the moment. Uh, so I don't think it's going to be that long before we hear Kanye again. Is it going to be Kids He Goes To? Is it going to be another solo album? Is it going to be Features? Is it going to be Watch the Throne? I'd love to see all of it. Honestly, I'm just excited for the future of what Kanye has ready for us. And that's that's it for Donda. Uh, honestly, once again, the most intense script I've ever written for this podcast. The most wild, like, editing and getting ready process to talk about this record. Just through all the things that you can say about Kanye. How much I've had to cut, all that. I'm 
gonna go take a nap. Uh, thanks all again for listening to my rambling throughout all this wild rollout. Uh, you can, if you follow me on the Add Depths of Music cast on Instagram, you can see I have archived in my uh, highlights all my reactions to things, and I have a lot of reactions uh, about about Donda, especially as it was happening. I'm trying to get this review out uh, quickly so that I can kind of cram this in as kind of an extra little thing before we go to Iron Maiden because I am still going to review Iron Maiden. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of music that has come out recently as I'm recording this. You know, Certified Lover Boy came out, which for the record, I'm not going to review, but I will say Donda is way better than Certified Lover Boy is not good. Uh, you can quote me on that. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I think I'm done rambling for now. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you all for the increase of support. Obviously, the Billie Eilish episode did really well. And, you know, maybe the Metallica episode maybe didn't do as well, but it still did pretty well. So I'm, I'm excited to continue this musical journey for you. And I think if you've liked either more of my mainstream reviews or if you like some of my older metal reviews or whatnot, I think everybody's going to find a little bit of something to like in my upcoming roster of things to do but um if you like it uh please leave a favorable review you can follow us on instagram share with your friends all that good stuff if this is your first episode and you want to check out more reviews like this if you liked listening to me ramble uh you can see more hip-hop with my reviews of the posthumous dmx album exodus and if you like hearing more about the biggest records of the year go check out my review for billy eilish's happier than ever or olivia rodrigo's sour uh thanks again everyone for listening and until next time uh this is nick this has been the depths of music podcast and i will see you next time